right? Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, life's full of uh, ups and downs, challenges and obstacles. And the fact is, it can be a little wearying. You feeling all right? Oh, no. (laughs) I, I don't know about you, but outwardly, you can be showing up, smiling, kind of doing your thing. But inwardly, you're struggling, stressed, maybe battling anxiety or depression or whatever. Dealing with all these different emotions. And the, the fact is, a lot of people, I think, can relate to that. You feeling all right? Oh, no. You know, we're uh, starting a new series, uh, Emoji. And today's message, I will tell you, is kind of foundational to, to the series. And emojis have become really, really popular. You, you see them on posts and texts and in a world where so many uh, kind of uh, hastily um, composed messages are kind of reduced to letters and words. And it's been kind of stripped of all those uh, emotional uh, nuances that you get when someone speaks, you know, information usually that's conveyed by expression or hand or face or voice. In fact, I was watching people walking in today and I could almost tell you what kind of mood they were in from, you know, kind of bouncy to, you know. Emotions you know, and emojis ended up evolving to give some emotional context to what was lacking in a, in a text or a post. They, they were created to kind of prevent miscommunication, you know, to provide some emotional context, so to speak. And in fact, I want to look at a few. I, you see if you can identify these, okay? What's, what's that saying? Silly, silly, yeah, zany. Zany is uh, what uh, they, they label that as. Uh, how about that one? Worried, yeah. Pleading, you know. Uh, you know, somebody pay attention or, oh, poor, poor me. Um, how about that one? Sad, disappointed, exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, rolling in the floor laughter. See, get it? Yeah. So, how about that one? Cool, chilled out. Yeah, you might send that when you're on vacation or something. You know what that one means? It's sarcasm, is what they say technically. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got that to be honest. Uh, how about that? Yeah, we're all over the map there. Uh, Relieved, relieved. Yeah. Thinking, somebody said thinking. Uh, Don't know, don't know the answer. Um, Monday morning. (laughs) Frustrated, frustrated or confounded by something. 
delicious, and some of you know the other meaning. I'm not going to talk about it, but anyway. So they, the, the fact is, there are so many emojis now, and they've got these little subtle differences, and they can leave you just as confused and perplexed. In fact, actually, uh, the fact is that we were all over the map with these, that you can kind of miscommunicate. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to our emotions. I think about the fact that God created us, and he created each of us uniquely. And there has never been another you. You are one of a kind. And because of your uniqueness and your little subtleties that you have, the fact is, our emotions are not easy to understand or to even define sometimes. And to make it more difficult, the, the fact is, our, at times, our emotions kind of bang into each other. You know, and, and so one affects another, affects another, and it's kind of hard to get a handle on our emotions, even for ourselves. For example, am I, am I mad? Or am I frustrated? Or am I hurt? You know, am I mad at myself or mad at someone else or just mad at the situation? You know, am I, am I simply trying to figure things out, trying to figure out how I feel or what I need to do? And if I'm confused about how I feel, what am I communicating? to the people around me? How are other people interpreting my mood? You feeling all right? Friends, our emotions, and my point here is, are complicated. They're very complex. And, and there is a lot of misunderstandings when it comes to emotions and our mental health. Now, this is my prayer for you today. It comes out of Scripture. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. You know, sanctify, it means uh, to cleanse you, change you. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and here's a promise, and he will do it. God is my peace. God is your peace. God is concerned about your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. I grew up in a church that never really talked about emotional struggles. We just kind of backburnered it for some reason. And the fact there was this implication, I believe, that if you had a struggle, well, Jesus would fix it for you right away. And, and I understand that when we're saved and we give our lives to Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes in and starts working and changing, and that work is happening inside us, that the Holy Spirit gives us the power 
to face whatever the challenge is that we have in life. I understand that God is working in all things, not some things, in all things to bring about good for those who love him, pursue him. All that is true. But I will say it is an incomplete understanding. Now, don't freak out on me. But just because you give your life to Jesus Christ does not mean he will fix everything in your life instantly. You know, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, there were a lot of things in my life that did not change. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, it wasn't like the next day you go, Wow, my credit score improved, and, and my boss got nicer, and, and you know, I got thinner, and, and none of that, right? In fact, most areas do not change instantly, but require a lot of hard work. It is especially true when it comes to mental health. Now, I want to remind you, I'm a pastor, I am not a Christian psychologist. I'm not a doctor, uh, at least not that kind of doctor. But through the years, I have come to realize that the spiritual and the emotional are interwoven. And they are extremely, extremely complex. I'm going to focus more on the spiritual aspects. But I think it would be good for us to understand what I'm talking about when I say mental health. Mental health would include, I believe, three aspects. Your emotional health, your psychological health, and our, our social well-being, you know, how we interact with those around us. It is important to understand this stuff is not static meaning that uh, everything can be going fine. You're chill, you're good, and then something happens. You know, something rocks you. You have a change in, in your body, a, a trauma, or a really challenging situation. So one minute, everything's going good, and then you're in a bad place. And your mental health is seriously affected in that moment. It will affect how you think. Your mental health will affect and impact how you feel, which will impact how you act. It will determine how you handle stress, how you relate to people. It'll determine the choices you will make. It'll determine whether you bounce back or don't bounce back. It will impact how you choose your friends and the quality of life that you're willing to settle for. It also will determine whether or not you go to the wrong source for comfort and guidance or if you gravitate to what's helpful. Again, very complex 
stuff. Extremely important stuff. There are a lot of misunderstandings, I believe, when it comes to mental health. And the first one I want you to to get is that a lot of Christians, I, I think they buy into this one. And it's the idea that when you become a Christian and you're saved and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you shouldn't battle with things like fear or anxiety or depression or stress, that you shouldn't have struggles in your life. And if you do struggle, it's your fault because you lack faith, because you aren't praying enough or reading your Bible enough, or you have some unconfessed sin in your life. The implication is if you're struggling, if you are anxious or overwhelmed, whatever, it's on you. And here's what I want you to, to know and to get loud and clear, that if you love Jesus, you may still struggle in your life, and they're not, they're not opposed to one another. You can worship every single week. You can be fully engaged you know, worshiping and serving and tithing. You, you can be on a team in a small group and you're connecting with other Christians. You, you can confess the, the sins in your life and deal with them. You, you can read your Bible every single day and still struggle. Now, don't misunderstand me. Those things I believe will help, but you still may struggle. You know, when you look at Scripture... The, the heroes of faith, many of them had great faith, but they struggled when it came to their mental health. I think about the, the prophet Elijah, you know, the one that faced off against the 800 false prophets on Mount Carmel, and he prayed and he believed that God would bring down fire from heaven, and God did. It was a great victory, great faith. But a few days later, you find him, he's alone, he's depressed, he blames God, and the fact is he wanted to die. It was so bad. You know, David, King David, Scripture uh, says that he was a man after God's own heart. David, David that stood up and defeated the, the giant of a man, Goliath. You know, David also battled with deep despair in his life. And at times he wondered if God had abandoned him. Jeremiah, well, he's known as the weeping prophet. Do I need to say anything else there? I mean, I'm thinking, weeping prophet, that is not exactly how you want to be known. Sometimes churches... They will take this complex issue and they'll simply say, you need more of God. Now, you do need more of God. We all do. But you also might need some sleep, might need to eat healthier. You know, you might need better friends that will encourage you and pray for you. You might need to go see a doctor because you got some kind of hormonal thing going on. You might need to see a Christian therapist or a counselor. So if you're feeling a little anxious, 
overwhelmed, stressed, if you're struggling in some way, if you're seeking God, if you're praying, if you're worshiping and reading your Bible, if you're trying, but you're still struggling, it doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. It means you're human. Welcome to the human race. And there's another thing, too, too many people buy into this. Some believe that God doesn't care about your mental health, that, he, that he's too busy, that he's got bigger things to deal with. And, and I get it. I mean, if you look around at the world and all the problems that are going on, I think it's really easy to kind of believe that God doesn't care about some little relational struggle or stress that you have at work or worry about your kids or your grandkids, that's absolutely not true. God cares. God cares. The, the Psalms are great read, especially when you're struggling. You know, you, you realize God does care about everything, every area of your life. You know, a psalm like uh, 27.1 says, The Lord's my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? Now, Psalms 34 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge in strength and ever-present help in trouble See, God cares. You're not alone. The others have been where you are today. There is hope, no matter what the situation. There, and there's a psalm. I, I want to focus in on this one. Uh, it's written by a guy by the name of He-Man. And uh, he, he write, he's the kind of guy that like, you want to have in your life. He, he was respected. He had great uh, wisdom. We know that he was a worshiper uh, on a regular basis, he, a very talented musician. He had a lot of kids. Uh, the inference in, in Scripture is that he was a great parent, and he faithfully served the king of Israel at that time. And it says, He-Man was known for being a, a man of God. Now, I'm going to a little spoiler alert here. He wrote two psalms. And overall, well, let's just say they're not positive psalms. They're just not. But I think this guy says something that all of us could relate to. He starts out, he says, I'm overwhelmed with trouble and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who live in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. That is encouraging, isn't it? But I want you to see what he gets right, because in the middle of his despair, this darkness, whatever it was that was going on, this hopelessness, he continues to turn to God every time. In fact, some of you are doing that today. You know, you're hurting, anxious, worried, frustrated, angry. 
you're struggling in some area, but you showed up. And that's all God asks us to do, show up. And he works in the midst of that. He says, but I cry to you for help. Lord, in the morning, my prayers come before you. You know, even though he's struggling, even though he's hurting and he's crying, the first place he goes is to God, but, he, but he's not finding the peace that he, that he wants. He says, why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? And the last verse, I mean, this one's a bit daunting, but, but he says this in verse 18. He says, you have taken from me friend and neighbor. What's it say? Ouch. This guy loves God. He's a man of God. And I love the fact that that psalm's in the Bible. It is not a tidy ending, is it? But it reminds me that God's not afraid of honesty from us. That we can question him. We can vent. And that as we worship and struggle, God still has us in his hands. Even when it's dark, even when you feel alone, you may be showing up to do what you do, but inside, you're struggling, panicky, feel like you're dying, and it's okay. It does not mean you're weak. It does not mean you lack faith. So, so what do you do when it's like that? You know, one day, uh, Jesus, the uh, religious leaders, they asked him, they said, what, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So let me ask you, are you loving God with all your heart? Yes? You loving God with all your soul? Yes? You loving God with all your mind? Now that's interesting. I mean, how do you love God with your mind? And I, I've talked about this before that your life will move in the direction of whatever your strongest thought is, that thing you think about all the time. Our, our, our mind is this amazing thing. It, the brain, it, it has this uh, kind of narrow pathways. And it has been proven that the more you think a thought, whatever it is, that pathway becomes ingrained in you. It's in your brain, it's stuck. And the more you think that thought, the easier it is to think it, which I think is great news if you're thinking things that are true and accurate and pure and lovely and excellent and admirable and praiseworthy. But here's the problem when you start believing things that aren't true. 
the more you think those things, the easier it is to go down the same path over and over and over again. Now, follow me here. If, if your body is unhealthy, you might go to the doctor, right? You might change your diet. You might start exercising or getting treatment or therapy or whatever. Why? So you can heal. So you can get healthy again. So if your mind is not healthy, what do you do? Well, you might see a medical doctor. Or you might go to the great physician, who I believe specializes in renewing the mind and changing the mind. Sometimes, I'm just giving you some advice here. Sometimes the best thing you can do initially is unplug to clear your mind. You know, find, find something that you like to do that, that you can chill out, you know, that, that relaxes you, that can get your mind disconnected from whatever it is that you're struggling with. And then you try and connect with God after that before all that stuff comes back in, starts filling your brain up. You know, Isaiah says this, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are what? Fixed on you. Perfect peace. Not occasional peace, when everything's going the way that I want it to and I feel like I'm in control of everything. But Scripture says we can be kept in perfect peace. What's perfect peace? Well, in the Hebrew, it's you will be kept in shalom, shalom. Actually repeats the word. It's for emphasis to say, pay attention here. You know, it's overflowing peace in life. Who will experience that kind of peace? Well, it's those that focus on CNN news. Wrong station, Fox News. Those that that scroll through the media feeds over and over and over. You know, all the negative thoughts and repeat them over and over and over. No, it's none of that. Those who are fixed on God. And that word fixed, you know, in the Hebrew, it's the idea of to be propped up. You know, to rest the full weight of your life on on that object, in this case, on God. Friends, many people are struggling these days. Have you noticed that at at your work, at school? You know, there, there is this tension, this heaviness. A lot of people worried and anxious and frustrated. I talk to people all the time. They'll tell me, I do not like the way things are going. And then they'll go, I don't like my job anymore. I don't like the people around me. Struggling. 
Friends, one of the things you need to do is to disconnect your mind from things that are unhelpful. I've said this before, turn off the negativity. Turn off the news. Shut down the social media feeds. You need to find some new friends, possibly. But you, you unplug, and then you start focusing on things that are helpful. You fix your eyes on God. You know, creating a new neuropathway in your brain. Friends, that's science. And it's also spiritual. You know, Scripture talks over and over about the importance of renewing our minds. You know, Romans, the uh, 12th chapter, it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. In other words, don't do what everybody else is doing. You know, the craziness, the toxicity, you know, the hatefulness, the bitterness, the negativity. Don't do it. Don't get sucked into it. Don't let people drag you into it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, you, you start connecting to God's word, to spiritual truths in life. You know, things like, like there's so many, but like Second Peter. It says this, it says, we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power. In other words, not our power. If you're relying on just your power, you're in trouble. Not, not just our power, but God's power when we learn that he invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. You, you fix your mind on God and God's truth again and again and again. And instead of saying, you know, I, I, I can't deal with this. It's too much. You know, this is going to kill me. I'll never be able to do that. You know, nobody understands me. Nobody cares. No, you shift God is the source of my strength, not my power. God's power will see me through. I have everything, absolutely everything that I need. You know, with God's power, I can navigate this. It, it is a choice we make. You know, when, when, you, when you learn in the midst of the struggle to love God with your mind. When you, when you fix your thoughts on God, peace will come. Not overnight, okay? But peace will come. You know, when, when you quit conforming to this world, it, this world's broken, folks. You know, you start changing your thought patterns. You have to. Again, not overnight, but over time. See, you can change. That's what I want you to hear today. You can change. You can overcome whatever that thing is that's weighing you down. You can significantly improve your mental health, but you need help.
And this is just my estimation. A lot of us need help right now. So we're not down. You feeling all right? Are you? Well, maybe you need to turn to the one that can. So that you do have a little bounce in your step. You do find hope. You're able to take the garbage and toss it off the weight. But it's a choice you have to make. Next week, I'm going to talk about hurt. We're going to kind of bounce around through this series, but I would just challenge you. We, we're created fearfully and wonderfully. And God created us with all these emotions. <laughs> and they're a good thing. But they also can take us down the wrong path. See, we, we need to be informed by our faith. There'll be prayer teams down front. Um, maybe you got some heaviness today. You know, just come down and let, let them pray for you. Say, okay, today's the day. New day. New way. And make a commitment to be here through this series. So, let, let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we bring you all the weightiness in our lives. God, I don't know what it is for each person here, but I'm pretty sure we've all got stuff we need to lay down, let go of. Maybe just acknowledge that it's there. God, help us to focus on you. You are the creator and the recreator of all things. You are the source of strength that we all need to navigate this life. God, let your Holy Spirit just guide us. God, we long to be whole. Be free. To be yours. God, I pray that you would bless each family here, that they would know your care, your interest, your love, and your strength. God, we just thank you for being you. God, help us to lean on you throughout this week. It's in Christ's holy name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. God's people said, let's continue in worship.